We have nothing to offer. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how good you are. The best deeds you have are nothing but filthy rags in God's eyes. Salvation is a free gift because of the resurrection. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Hi, welcome to In Grace. I am Jim Scudder, and today we're going to be continuing to go through the Gospels and looking at the account of the resurrection of Jesus and his appearances. So how do we know for sure that he rose again? Well, the Bible says in Acts that there are many infallible proofs, and those many infallible proofs were the at least 10 post-resurrection appearances of Jesus to many different people. And the people had various backgrounds and dispositions and numbers. Some were to individuals. Once he appeared to 500 people at one time. They were allowed to touch him. They were allowed to eat with him and he could walk through a wall. And, and it's really incredible to start to study the resurrection appearances, the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Jesus. And so the first one is to Mary, and this is very special. And we're going to discuss that today, uh, how Jesus appeared to Mary and how important it is for us to have met Jesus Christ one-on-one. And I hope that you have. Uh, Just before we get to this, let me tell you that In Grace is, of course, a podcast and a radio program because you're listening to one of those. But it's also a television program and a a documentary video series. Uh, we, We do these great videos that I think will really bless people. And we have one that we're really excited about, and that is a walkthrough creation with Ken Ham. Uh, Ken Ham is a good friend. He's the the one that had the vision to start the beautiful Creation Museum there in the Cincinnati area and, of course, the big arc. And so Ken and I walk through his museum, and you need to see all the latest things that they have there. And we talk a lot about creation in the Bible. And so if, if you'd like to see that, you can watch it tonight on the largest Christian network in the world, TBN, Wednesday nights, look for In Grace. Or you can go anytime on YouTube and search for In Grace and watch our program. And then if you are watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to subscribe to our channel. The reason is then uh, if you get the alerts, you'll be notified that we have a new program on YouTube. And we have dozens of them. They're all free. And I think it'll really help you grow in your faith uh, to watch our In Grace television and video programs. And then also at the end, I'll tell you how you can get this video uh, for yourself, uh, DVD or digital download, the Creation Museum tour, and also a tour of their impressive full-size arc as well. So we'll tell you how about that at the end. Now, we also are going on a creation cruise to Alaska. And we have a creation speaker, Majesty Music. My wife and I will be there. And this will be in July. No vaccine required. Go to our website, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel. Karen and I really love Alaska. We've traveled there a few times. And one day we were driving south from Anchorage down on the Seward Highway, going to Seward. And as we were approaching the town, we had never been on the Kenai Peninsula before, Uh, we are coming up on this bridge and a big river, and a sign says, Resurrection River. I thought, well, that's kind of cool, Resurrection River. I'd like to 
look that up and see if that has anything to do with the resurrection. And as we got into Seward, I noticed that the entire bay was called Resurrection Bay. I said, well, I don't know a lot about Seward, but I really like this place because of the name of the river and of the bay. So I looked it up, and sure enough, there was a Russian fur trader that was out in bad weather in the Gulf of Alaska. He scooted up into this bay for shelter and survived the storm the next day as it dawned was Easter Sunday. And so they named the river and the bay Resurrection. I also started to think about Russia owning Alaska, and I started to think, how much did we buy Alaska for per acre? Do any of you know how much we paid per acre for Alaska? Two cents an acre. Now that was in, in that day in 1867, two cents an acre. Can you even imagine that? So we paid for all of Alaska $7.2 million. Today, that would be around $135 million, but such a deal. You know, there's, there's property in Manhattan that sells for a billion dollars for probably an acre. And so, what a deal, what a deal. Very interesting story about resurrection and about the price of land back then in Alaska. Let me just tell you something. Even a better deal than two cents an acre is eternal life because it's free. Now, it cost God everything. Jesus died for our sins, but then he rose again. And because of the resurrection, salvation is offered to you free. Not one penny can be or should be paid for eternal life. Why? Does it have to be free? Because you and I have nothing. We have nothing to offer. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how good you are. The best deeds you have are nothing but filthy rags in God's eyes. We have nothing to offer him. And so therefore it is a free gift. You know, that's what the Bible calls it, a free gift. You say, well, why would you have to say free and gift? Because we're dense. And sometimes we expect things back. If we give somebody, we're expecting something done back. No, salvation is a free gift because of the resurrection. The resurrection. So we're going to be talking about that again. In the Gospels, we've come to this crescendo. Okay, We've been studying this, this series, the story of Jesus, for years. And I'm really sorry to have put you through this. But we've come to part 134 because we're taking all the Gospels and we're looking at them chronologically and we're trying to understand them based on the way that they would have happened, best we could tell. And we're also tackling any supposed contradictions in the Gospels because that's a criticism of the Bible. It's full of errors. I tell you something, as we've gone through the Gospels, we found a few that may look at first like a contradiction, but as we study it through, we find, oh yeah, that person told this, he left out that, but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It's just the way we, what, what we include or what we don't include in the story. I'm, I'm gonna tell you I got up, I got ready, and I went to work. Uh, somebody else might tell you I got up, I had coffee, I brushed my teeth, you know, I combed my hair and I went to work in my Ford Escape. 
you know, it's, did I say it wrong or did they say it wrong? No, they're both right. It's just the way, our, our vantage point. So we're looking at this, especially in the area of these last few times that I've been speaking, because almost all the Gospels speak about all of these events that we're in right now. The passion, the, 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 the night before uh, Jesus uh, was arrested, the arrest, all of the, the trials, the Gospels are, are full of all of this. We get so much detail because this is the big moment. There was a garden. There were two people. Everything was good. It was beautiful, perfect fellowship, but then sin, and then everything broke. Our relationship between God and man, our relationship between each other, our relationship to even creation, all of these relationships, and that is what life is, right? Life is relationship. All of these things are shattered. That's why you have marriage trouble sometimes. That's why you have trouble with your kids sometimes. That's why you have trouble with your boss sometimes. That's why you have trouble with that neighbor that won't keep their grass cut nice. Because we have broken relationships and the whole story of the Bible, the whole story of God and Jesus is to fix that. And it all crescendos right here at the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because he died to restore relationship with him, with God, which is the most important because now we were not separated from him and cast into hell that he created for the devil and demons. But more than that, not only do we escape hell, but we will spend eternity with him and he'll never leave us or forsake us. But also we're going to have direction and guidance and, and incredible things happening in our life today. And that doesn't mean an easy life, a perfect life, but it's the best life. Once you have received by faith Jesus, everything changes. And then you walk with him every day, a close fellowship with him. So we come to the, the, the bulletproof proof of the resurrection, and that is the appearances of Jesus. He appeared, so he died. We know for sure he died. We know the tomb is empty. We studied that last time. But now, here is major evidence. The Bible actually calls it many infallible proofs. All of the appearances of Jesus, and this went on not just for a day or two. He was here on this earth making appearances for 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven. So we're going to talk about his resurrection appearances today in our series, The Story of Jesus, and we're, we, we are really getting near the end. We only have a few more, but to me, this is the most exciting part of our study. Okay, so Matthew has told us that Jesus appeared to a group of women. Mark told and John tells us that a little more detail of Jesus appearing. So one author might say, well, Jesus appeared to the women and then the other authors might give us more detail. Oh yeah, he appeared to these women and then, and then Mary Magdalene here. So that's what we're gonna start talking about is are the appearances of Jesus. Now they know the tomb is empty. They know the stone is gone. They know there's an earthquake. We looked at all of the theories of the empty tomb, but now we're going to start to see Jesus appearing to so many people and so many times. And sometimes as you read through this part of the Gospels, it does get confusing. So we're going to try to really understand it best we can chronologically. And again, we don't find any contradictions in these scriptures. So let's read about the person he appeared to first. 
This is, this is, to me is very strange. Why would Jesus appear to, of all people, Mary Magdalene? Remember Mary Magdalene? She was a, a, a person that was possessed and, and Jesus healed her and Jesus saved her. And she was saved from so much, so much heartache, so much pain, so much fear. And she became a follower of Jesus. And we read about her here and there. Yeah, it wasn't just the 12 men, male disciples, but there were other women that also were there. They were supportive. They were helping. And she was there at the cross. She was there at the grave when they were putting him into the tomb. And here she is. Here she is, early in the morning. The first person, basically, or among the first, to the tomb. Why did Jesus first appear to Mary Magdalene? I'll just tell you a really simple, I think the simplest answers in the Bible are always the, most likely to be the, the right one. Because she was there. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. How old is the earth? Did Noah's flood really happen? If you're wrestling with the answers to these questions, look no further than InGrace's exciting video series, A Walk Through Creation, where Jim Scudder walks through the amazing Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky with answers in Genesis founder Ken Ham. Together, they discuss how modern science actually backs up truths found in Scripture. This incredible series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. And when your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Bodie Hodge and Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of the young earth creation perspective. To get this limited time offer, call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Now, are we positive that's exactly where the tomb of Jesus was? I'm not. I'm not positive, but I think it is. It doesn't matter, okay? What matters is that he's alive, okay? If we knew exactly the place, we'd be worshiping the place. And there's another place in Jerusalem, the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, that that is what they're doing. They're worshiping a place. So I don't like to go there. I don't think that's the, the tomb anyway. But either way, it doesn't matter because we don't worship a place. We worship a risen Savior, a person. But I love that place, and it's beautiful, and there's a garden, and there's a, a track where the stone would have rolled, and everything seems to fit. And I'm going to do an In Grace episode about it, because I'm curious, because I have an archaeologist friend that says it's older than first century, so I want to examine that. I want to research that. So anyways, so she's there, and she looks into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Okay, and as I envision the garden tomb, let's assume it's the right place, you need to duck down, and it's actually been uh, carved out a little bit more, so it's easier to get in, but you still have to duck down, and it's a, it's a rock limestone wall, and they would carve caves uh, and, and use them for graves. And when you go in, you turn to the right, and they have metal bars there, but right behind the metal bars is a place where a body would have laid. And 
I can just picture her looking down and seeing inside here in the middle the deflated grave clothes. So she knows the body is gone. They were experiencing great sorrow. This one that she had put her trust in had died. So she had to be confused. They weren't anticipating this. Jesus said he was going to die and be raised the third day. Even the, the, the Jewish authorities that hated Jesus knew that he said that. That's why they set the guard. And then we have this wonderful episode where the, uh, Jesus, or the angels, uh, say to the woman, why weepest thou, in verse 13? Why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when, in verse 14, she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing. Now you say, okay, so now all of a sudden she realizes that he is alive. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. And says, it, it, it says that, and knew not that it was Jesus. You say, why not? How could she possibly not recognize Jesus, right? Well, there's two answers. One is that he, he could veil his identity. He could veil his identity. We know that he veiled his identity in another thing that we're going to talk about today, and that's the, the time that he appeared and walked on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples. They didn't recognize him. Even when he was talking and, and they were right with him, he had been able to veil cloak his identity somehow, okay? So was it that? Or, again, the simple answer here might just be she was crying, her eyes were full of tears, it's still a little bit dark, and she doesn't recognize him. I'm not sure, but either way, the Bible says she did not know it was Jesus, and Jesus saith unto her, woman, why weepest thou? He doesn't say Mary, he says, woman, why weepest thou? Maybe he was veiling his identity. He was veiling his voice even. Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, this is great, saith unto him, sir, if thou have borne him thence, if you took him, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. Jesus spoke her name. Our names are kind of important to us, aren't they? If somebody gets our name wrong, we do not like that. Or if somebody gets your name right, and it's a name you don't like, so you use your middle name. Uh, I love Israel trips because I know all of your first, middle, and last names. And I know what you've been trying to hide from me for all these years. Like, oh, who's this? I don't even know who this is. Oh, that's, yeah, okay, now I know. So uh, we, we ask you, do you want to be called by your passport name or by the, your nickname or whatever name you want to be called? So anyways, our name is important to us. It's something that we've literally grown up with. It's everything to us. And he says her name, Mary. And she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni. Now, it says she turned herself. Maybe she was still looking into the tomb and, and she's talking to someone she supposed was a gardener. I don't know the details, but all of a sudden, when he says her name, she realizes this is Master Rabboni. Master. Her shepherd. 
was Jesus. And he said her name, Mary. You know, in John 10, Jesus said in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I will give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. How saved are you once you put your trust fully in Jesus? You're so saved that you can never be lost, okay? That's the most important part of eternal life is you're putting your faith in Jesus for eternal life. And he gives you eternal life. And you have it now. And you will never perish. Will we stumble? Will we mess up? Will we be like sheep sometimes and, and do things that aren't, aren't wise, aren't becoming to the way a Christian ought to be? Yes. But that doesn't mean you're not a child of God. And so she hears his voice. She hears him say her name, Mary. Her shepherd had said her name. Let me have you think about something for a moment. Just put yourself in the future. If you're saved and you're on your way to heaven and you're positive of that, think about the moment when you're with Jesus physically for the first time. I believe he's here now. I believe he indwells every believer through his spirit. But now you're physically with him and he says your name. And he says it and you hear it. What is that going to feel like? Won't that be a wonderful moment when we hear our name? He knows your name. He cares so deeply for you. Even when it seems like all is lost the worst thing that could have ever happened has just happened. How am I possibly going to survive this? One day, he's going to say your name and your ears are going to hear him say that. And even until then, he is so protective and so caring for you as a shepherd. Why did Jesus first appear to the women whose testimony wasn't accepted as credible at the time? I think the answer is, again, simple. They were the ones that were there. They were the ones that went. And when you're there, you're going to receive a blessing. That's how God does it. Why first to Mary Magdalene? Because I think she earnestly sought for the Lord. And when you earnestly seek the Lord, you will be the first to find him. So let's continue and look at verse 17. Jesus saith unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. It's another wonderful thing is that we can call the God of all the universe, the God of all creation, father. He is a father to us. He is a protector, a guardian, a provider. He loves us so much. You might not understand that depending on your relationship with your father, but he is the best father you can ever imagine. And we can call God the Father, Daddy, Father. And tomorrow on our Thursday edition of In Grace, we'll talk more about the different appearances of Christ after his resurrection. Aren't you glad, though, that we can call Almighty God, the infinite, all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing God, 
Father or even Abba, Daddy. And I hope that you have that relationship with him. We also are excited about our creation videos that we make here. And one of the things that we did was we went to the Cincinnati area and we got a tour of the impressive creation museum at Answers in Genesis. And Ken Ham gave us the tour. We'd love to share this video series with you. And for those of you that give a gift of any amount to InGrace, we're going to try to do everything we can to reach the world. Thank you for your gifts and your prayers. We're going to thank you by sending you this exciting series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham. And then if your gift is $35 or more, I'm going to send you a tour of their full-size ark with Ken's son-in-law, Bodhi Hodge. That's a four-part series. You want to get that. And a third video that's called Dinosaurs That Destroy Evolution. We need to hear from you right now. Don't forget to get the video series, A Walk Through Creation with Ken Ham, for your gift of any amount. When your gift is $35 or more, you will also receive two more video series, a tour of Noah's Ark and dinosaurs that destroy evolution. Don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.